0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. And I am here today with my best friend, my wife of 20 years, the Amber Soley. And uh, I'm excited because we actually thought as we were approaching our 20-year anniversary, it would be a great opportunity uh, to sit down and talk about some of the things that we've learned on this journey, especially with hopes that maybe... Those who are listening today might uh, hear some things that would encourage them, inspire them, yeah. and with the end goal, hopefully, of adding some value. Yes. and so yes, uh, we're going to talk about our journey today.
1: Yeah, twenty years, twenty happy anniversary
0: years, and uh, man, it just it keeps getting better and better. Um, so Amber grew up in Central Washington. That's I grew right. up in Tacoma, and we uh, we met just after i got out of college
1: just before just before i got out of college that's what i meant Mm -hmm. i
0: remember and uh (laughs) went from uh, meeting to developing this friendship and relationship to dating engaged and uh we were married april 5th of 2003 So just celebrated 20 years and for that we actually sat down and kind of recounted some of the experiences of those 20 years and so we want to share some of those really quick and then we have kind of seven keys, seven principles that we found important and then I think we'll share a few quick hitting thoughts on the way out. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, we just want to be as authentic as possible. It hasn't been an easy 20 years. Right. It's been awesome in so many ways. But so, what are some of the things that we came up with yeah. the past 20 years? Yeah. So,
0: we sat down like right be- before our 20 year anniversary, and I was trying to reflect on like the amount of things we've yeah. encountered. And so, yeah. we came up with a list. Uh, we've moved 10 times.
1: Right. So, like,
0: we've literally lived in 10 different Homes, houses, right. That's a places, lot spaces. of packing. Um, we've owned this. This was crazy when we counted up. Yeah, we've had sixteen different cars. Oh my goodness! Slash vehicles. Sixteen. That's a lot.
1: That is a lot.
0: But we had some really bad cars.
1: Extra grace required. Cars. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I drove a 1970 Dodge D200 pickup truck that yeah. I bought from your father
1: yeah.
0: for $200. Yeah. And I learned on the way over Snoqualmie Pass that I could see the freeway through the floorboards. Yeah, I, just I remember, remember that. that. Yeah. yeah. That was mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. Uh, 16 cars. Uh, six surgeries. Yeah. Okay. And this has been a part of- Between us? Yeah. I th- Well, yeah. I think yeah, between, between all of us. Yeah. Yeah. I had my appendix out. You yeah, had your tosses exciting. out. Yeah. And recently, most recently, you've had a a couple of vocal surgeries. Yes. Two vocal
1: cord surgeries. In fact, this is the first time speaking in a mic pretty much since both of those surgeries. So in a year and a half.
0: Yeah. And for those who maybe don't know your your journey, you, man, a little over 10 years. No, longer than that. Long time ago. Shortly after we got married, we started noticing decreasing vocal strength. Yeah uh in in your in your vocal cords and so we went on this journey you went uh to the ent did scope scans you did vocal therapy you did all these things medication yeah we came to find out that you had a condition called spasmodic dysphonia a neurological condition yeah and was treated for a while but then uh that ultimately led to two surgeries in the last like year and a half now yeah um, it's pretty cool to hear people come up to you and say, I can hear your voice. Right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. making progress. Making progress. Yeah. So six surgeries, uh, two trips to the ER for stitches mm-hmm. for neither of us. That's for one of our children who we won't name. Uh, but justice has gone to the surgery center multiple times for stitches. <laughs> um, four dogs,
1: right? Four
0: dogs. Yeah. And currently the two in our home are named.
1: Jack and Mia.
0: Jack and Mia. Yeah. Um, Three foster kids. Yeah. Yeah. Three biological kids. Yes. Yeah. And so that fostering has been a part of our journey.
1: It has. Yeah. So at one point, we were parenting five children at one time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And did we have two dogs or one dog at that point? I'm trying to remember. Oh,
1: we had one. One One dog. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that was a lot.
1: That was a lot. Yeah, that was
0: that was a lot, but yeah. amazing, amazing journey. Uh, yes. Countless vials of insulin and in juice boxes. Yeah, for the low blood sugars. That's that's for me, by the way. Yeah. Um, being type one diabetic, uh, ten half marathons. Yeah, we were trying to count up the exact number, but I think between the two of us, at least
1: we're close to ten. Yeah,
0: at least well, at, at least 10. ten. Yeah, okay. Uh, road trips, ski trips. We yeah. love skiing as a family up in the mountains. Uh, beach trips. Uh, enough pounds of coffee to have started our own coffee roastery true or false
1: definitely yes
0: definitely true yes Uh, big time coffee drinkers the joy in the journey of serving the church in different cities for different seasons so uh when we got married spent time on staff at a great church eastridge church up in issaquah washington on the east side of seattle had the joy of serving as executive pastors at Stone Church, the very church we got married at. That's right. Yes. In Yakima, Washington. In Yakima, Washington. And then served as youth directors for the Northwest Ministry Network before making the journey back to Tacoma in 2015. Yeah. Eight years. Right. Eight years. Time flies. Let's see here what else uh, countless I love yous I'm sorry's, and mm-hmm. we are in this together we'll talk a little bit more about that because I think that's that's important uh, laughs and tears highs and lows yeah um, and a lifetime of memories and moments that definitely make me say as I was reflecting on 20 years and even today um, I'm blessed and I'm thankful and yeah. so you know like you said and this actually leads right into the first of our seven keys you mentioned a key word for us which is authenticity right why why is that such a big deal to you and why should that matter to maybe some couples who are listening today
1: Yeah. Without authenticity, um, nothing is valuable. Nothing is real. People can admire our strengths, but if we're not authentic and transparent about struggles and weaknesses, then where is the hope found in being a follower of Jesus? Like fake does nothing for us. So authenticity is key.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's in those, I think, vulnerable moments of I would call it appropriate authenticity, right? Because you don't want to be like a mess. Just every now and then I'll see people just venting everything to the world on social media. And I'm like, okay, that's not authentic. That's oversharing. Yeah. Um, But I think being the real you. Yeah. And and I think also we've talked about this different times fighting that temptation of just having like a quote-unquote Instagram marriage where yeah. it's like it's all about the cleverly cropped photo or you know right. just this picture perfect and trying to trying to bring people into the real life stuff. Yeah. Cuz that's where all of us are living. Yeah. We're all living in the midst of real life stuff. So, we think that's yeah. that's one of the keys, right, is is definitely pushing towards authenticity. Yeah. Um, talk a little bit about this second key. Uh, you talked about the importance of having your identity yeah. in Christ. Yeah. What did you mean by that?
1: Yeah. So I thought over the past 20 years, what is the one thing? That has made this marriage sustainable. This made it good. Um, And I would say without a question, the fact that I have my identity in Christ. So before I'm your wife, before I'm a mom, before I'm a pastor's wife, before I'm on staff at a church, whatever it might be, I am a child of God. And so that's where my identity is. It's where my strength comes from. And so I don't have to look to you for validation. I don't have to look to you for purpose or significance, like it's great when I get those things. I think love languages is important. You try to give your spouse what they need. But ultimately, my first identity is in Christ. Yours is in Christ. So I can trust you if you're having a bad day Maybe being a jerk. I know your identity is in Christ. Rarely. Which never, hardly ever happens. (laughs) But I know the Holy Spirit is gonna work on you and the Holy Spirit's gonna work on me. And so without that initial identity, the past 20 years would have been way more difficult yeah
0: yeah no well said and you mentioned something there the the love languages there's a book for those of you who maybe haven't read the five love languages kind of important I think especially for those of you who are married but also for those of you who have kids because I think as our kids get older we're observing more and more what their unique love language is, how they express it, how they feel loved. Yeah. Um, and so the five are, I know you know, but let's see here. Words of affirmation. Yeah. Gifts. Mm-hmm. Acts of service. Quality time. Yeah. And touch. Yeah. Physical touch. Physical touch. There yeah. you go. So those are the five. I'm actually slightly amazed that I remembered. Well done. All five. Well but, done. Uh, yeah. You know, that, that idea, I remember we were talking with one of the couples that we met with during our pre-marriage counseling, and one of them made the point of why it's so important that your identity really is in Christ, that the two of you, if you are not complete in Christ, and you're looking to the other person to provide what only Christ can provide so that mm-hmm. sense of fulfillment that sense of identity that yeah. sense of significance the value yeah you are putting a pressure on your spouse right that they actually cannot right. fulfill to be your and savior we yeah. have all of these often in our relationships we have these unmet expectations and sometimes right. it's simply because we're not two whole people yeah and so finding that sense of wholeness and when yeah. you bring that together with another person who has that sense of wholeness yeah. it's a beautiful thing and i remember yeah. i'm trying to remember who said this to us but somebody made the comment when you find two people who are collectively they're content in christ and they're running towards christ right all of a sudden you'll look beside you at some point and notice oh man this person's running the same race yeah like we're in this together already yeah Let's let's team up let's and be stronger. Up. Let's do yeah. this. And so yeah. I love that. So
1: what would you say though, if somebody's listening and maybe they're a follower of Jesus, but hmm. their husband or their wife is not? Yeah. So how does that that point? Yeah.
0: Well, scripture scripture kind of talks about that. Paul gives some directives and some teaching on yeah. those of you who find yourself in a marriage like that, if they will stay with you then like be faithful to that and reveal Christ to them through that journey because again you can't you can't I spoiler alert you cannot change your spouse like whether it's they have a hard time putting the clothes away again hypothetically Mm-hmm. That's me, right? Like sometimes mm-hmm. I, I have a certain spot that I like to drop clothes and I get reminded every now and then like that's not where they go. I'm like, yes, okay, I'm going to change, I'm going to change. But uh, the, the dynamic here is there's certain things that every couple is going to experience. But if you're in a marriage relationship where one is a Christ follower, one is not yet a Christ follower, Scripture calls us to reveal Christ in the way that we live, yeah. so that our spouse could come to know Christ and right. believe. And so, understanding that, being prayerful about that, using discernment and wisdom, leaning into the truth of Scripture. Yeah. Um, and I would just say, man, don't don't grow weary in doing good.
1: Yeah. Especially
0: for those who have kids, because your kids are watching your right. faith being lived out and expressed. And again, that's not to put a pressure on anybody because we are content and complete in who we are in Christ. Yeah. Um, But yeah. Yeah. Would you add anything to that?
1: Uh, No. Other than if you're not yet married and you're in that situation where you have a faith in Jesus and the other one doesn't, um, I definitely push the brakes on that because it's going to be so much more difficult down the road. Yeah. So it,
0: it honestly, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a pastor. I don't think we're saying this because we're pastors, but, um, I can't imagine doing marriage yeah. without Jesus. Yeah. Um you're literally colliding two worlds, you know. There was yeah. this moment like in our marriage ceremony and the two will become one, you know. And it's like it's both instantaneous instantaneously true. Yeah. And not true, because this becoming one is like this lifelong journey. Okay, so uh, number one was authenticity, two was identity in Christ, three, here's the the third key, kids are an addition and a blessing Mm -hmm. to the family that started with marriage. Right. What does that mean?
1: Right. Well, I remember when we first got married, we waited like three years to have kids, and people would come and ask us, Hey, when are you going to start a family? When are
0: you guys going to start a family?
1: And we would say, We, are we already a have a family. Yeah. Like it's us. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And I, we, we learned through our pre marriage counseling process that uh, we, we heard some leaders speak into this. Right. That when you are a married couple, you are a family. Kids are a blessing, but they're already in addition to that. And, and I get passionate about this one because I've looked at each of our kids in the eyes and I've reminded them, the day is going to come where you're going to grow up, you're going to move out, and that woman is still going to be in love with me. In right. other words, like she's the one I made a covenant with. I didn't make a covenant with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are together. forever and we we love our children we have loved the joy of having foster children in our home and the blessing that that's been yeah but we me and you we are a family before kids were ever added to the equation right and why do you think that might be helpful for some people to hear because I know you've probably heard stories I know I've heard stories of these marriages, like people who they get into their, you know, mid twenty years, thirty years of marriage, kids move out of the house. Yeah. And all of a sudden you watch these marriages yeah. implode, yeah. dissolve.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: What what would you say about that?
1: Yeah, I see I think back to identity. If a mom or a dad puts their identity in their children, so in those child raising years, they become the sole priority, the sole um, reason for living. Then, once those kids move out of the house, where is your identity found? Yeah. And so, just to remember that you and your husband were a family, you and your wife were a family, and before the kids ever came along, they're an additional blessing. They're gifts from God, but ultimately, um, you're a family.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I know this this specific conversation isn't about parenting, but let me just throw a little quick sidebar. Um, you know, I've looked at each of my boys at different times, especially as they approach their teenage years. And I reminded them, hey, when you talk to your mother, you're not just talking to your mother, you're talking to my wife. Right. And so watch your tone. Yeah. Um, Because you're not just dealing with mom, you're dealing with Tyler's wife. And so um, every now and then, you just got to kind of remind the niños, the children about that. Uh, Number four, the seventh key. Yeah. Give the grace you want to receive. Yeah. What does that mean?
1: Yeah. I think in anger or frustration or hurt, it's so easy to be self-righteous and justify why the other person was wrong. Um, But if you can give yourself enough space to breathe and step back and just consider None of us are perfect. We're all in need of grace. We're all in need of a savior. Um, And so, being willing to extend grace um, in the fashion that you would hope to receive grace, it makes all the difference.
0: It's huge. Yeah. None of us are grace graduates. No. None of us are perfect. Yeah. And the moments that, like you said, I think you have to step back at times. Yeah. Because our emotions are real. Yeah. Disappointments are real. Right. Frustrations are real. Yeah. But grace, we have to remember like in its simplest form, it's unearned. Yeah. Undeserved favor. Mm -hmm. And when we remember that's how Jesus loved and loves me. So both past tense and present tense. Right. At the cross, yes, but also in the middle of my mess today. Yeah. If I can be loved like that by a perfect God and I believe that he saved me and he's changing me and transforming me. Then maybe I can express that same type of reality right. to the person that he's put me in relationship with, which should be our most important earthly relationship. Yeah. So, quick side note there's no other relationship on this earth that is more important than your spouse. Right. So, for those who are listening and maybe you're like, well, you know, I just, my best friend, I, I get so much out of that relationship even more than, than my spouse. Eh, stop, time out, like hit the reset. Yeah. It should not be that right. way. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's why, what's sad is I think in our humanity we sometimes find it easier to extend grace to complete strangers more so than the people who are closest right. and most dear to yeah. us. Yeah. Which seems problematic if you think about it.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah. We seem to set a higher standard for those we're closest with and less willing to yeah. extend grace. Yeah. So it's a good thing to remember.
0: Yeah. Do you think that's at times because we we put we don't mean to, but we put each other up on this on this pedestal of like, you know, we say all these beautiful vows and like the flowers are perfect, the hair is perfect, everything's gonna be perfect and and then when it doesn't turn out maybe yeah, like we thought. disappointment. Disappointment, yeah. 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 Mm, okay. So that was number four. Here we go. The fifth key, honor your marriage and your spouse with how you speak about it with others.
1: Right. This is huge. It's so big. Yeah. You just brought up friends, like close friends. A lot of times for girls, it's a sister or it's a mom who's a best friend um, or maybe it is a different friend. For the guys, maybe it's just one of the guys, you know, about that better than me. But um, to watch what we say about our spouse to anyone else, if they were in the room when we say those words, and if the answer is no, whatever it is you're talking about, if it's about their flaws, your intimacy, whatever it is, you really have to protect and guard that. Yeah. So um, moms and sisters and best friends, there's some things that still... Uh, should only be discussed between yeah. husband and wife.
0: Absolutely. And that's, that's a big thing because if your spouse feels like you are being dishonoring with their words, yeah. I think it sows a seed to ask questions of if they're willing to dishonor me with their words, how else yeah. are they willing to dishonor me? Yeah, And we see this a lot in sitcoms, right? I know one of the shows that we laugh at and we love is Everybody Loves Raymond because the characters and the caricatures of marriage are just so well-written. Yes. Like really, really some funny moments. Yeah. Um, But there's some dynamics every now and then where you see them navigate that tension of how they talk about one another, not to one another, but to other people. Yeah. And I think there's the principle is do we talk to each other about each other Yeah. or if you're saving those things just to like vent or confide in and you're not willing to like maybe confront or confess those things to one another, that becomes problematic over time. Yeah,
1: so. And obviously we're not talking about a counselor right. situation like those are places that. Often you do need to talk and share, Um, but this is more pertaining to gossip or intimacy. Yeah. And
0: just, just being honoring. Yeah. 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 Right. Communication. Yeah. Uh, Number six, get in alignment with spending and finances.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's a big one.
0: Yeah, this is yeah. Uh, some of you might be aware, but the leading cause of divorce in America, and there is there is some statistics out there that say that the divorce rate in the church is not actually that different than. Those within the church, I've also heard conflicting stats on that, which is rather encouraging because those who are in an authentic relationship with Jesus and engaged in biblical community, the success rate of marriage is quite a bit higher. Yeah. But Dave Ramsey, and if you've never taken Financial Peace University, we would recommend that. We've, yeah. we've gone through it a number of times. Yeah. But Dave Ramsey would say that the leading cause of divorce in America is money issues and yeah. money fights. Yeah. And so, if you could eradicate a huge reason why people get divorced, yeah. which is money fights, yeah, um, why wouldn't you, right? Lean in and, yeah. and get on the same page with that, yeah. And so, we've we've done this from pretty early on. Yeah, we put together a spending plan, also known as a
1: a budget, a budget, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's huge. It's important. So I think to be in agreement on what your goals are. So you need to have a why oftentimes with a budget or spending plan. But if we come into agreement that our goals are whatever they may be to retire at some point to be generous, et cetera, we have to agree on that and then work together.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's helpful not just to set it and then walk away from it. So Amber just all acknowledge she is way better at this than me. Because uh, I'm often like, yep, that looks good. And I'll, I'll walk out of the room. But I think you have to be willing as a couple to revisit, yeah. like revisit the numbers, revisit your values, yeah, revisit like your spending plan yeah. so that you can continue to be on the same page. Because if you can decrease tension in that area, yeah. it's amazing how much peace kind of flows into other areas of life. Yeah. I know one of the great needs that you've expressed to me that you feel as a wife and as a woman is that sense of security. It's important, it matters to you. And so if I'm just being you know, careless in how I'm spending money and no thought, no rhyme, no reason, it actually strikes a nerve in you of like, hey, yeah, like not we safe. need a plan, we yeah. need to be safe, yeah. right? Um, and so understanding and Dave Ramsey talks about this principle, like usually in every marriage, like you're going to have one nerd and one free spirit. The nerd is the person who's like building the Excel spreadsheet, the free spirits. Like, I just want to go spend money. Um, and so we'll let the listeners try to figure out who is who, Uh um, but (laughs) yeah. So (laughs) if
1: you need help, ask for help. So many churches have either financial peace or they have different, um, financial classes.
0: Um, Okay, key number seven. So I'm going to recap these really quick. Number one was authenticity. Number two is having a strong sense of your identity in Christ. Number three, kids are an addition to the family that started in marriage. Number four, give the grace you want to receive Five, honor your marriage and your spouse with how you speak about your marriage with others. Six, get in alignment with spending and finances. Seven, here we go. Laugh together and find things you enjoy to do together. Yes. What does that mean? So
1: important. You know, every phase of life is different depending on your budget, your family structure, if you have kids, if you don't have kids. So sometimes that is just putting the kids to bed taking a bath and reading right it's like just making time to it doesn't cost any money but it's taking time to be together to do something um we often on fridays we'll go for a walk together yep go to breakfast together so what are your thoughts
0: yeah i think um you know we we hit on this earlier in our 20 year recap but Uh, For a long season of our marriage, we would run a half marathon together every year. Right, and so what that meant was we were training together because you don't just go out and run a half marathon; like you got to work up to it and build up to it. And so, for us, that was a pretty inexpensive
1: hobby. Like yeah, so Saturdays.
0: Shoes. It was like okay, let's go for a run. Yeah. And back then, back in the day, it was like I was pushing the the jogging stroller. stroller, Yeah. Because I had faith and justice in the stroller. Judah had to grow up real quick. He was on the bike.
1: Yeah.
0: Mia was somewhere, I don't remember where, but she was
1: Mia the dog. Yeah. Helping yeah.
0: yeah. I should probably clarify. Everyone's like, who's Mia? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, going out, running, being yeah. in that space. Uh, you know, we our family, we love skiing. So there's been times even this year that me and you, we just broke away and we're like, Okay, kids, you're going to school. Yeah. We're going skiing. Yeah. You know, and so finding things that you love to do yeah. together but also laugh together. Yeah. Like don't let all of the time that you're together always be about like serious things. It doesn't mean you don't have to deal with serious things, but right. if you can't laugh together, man. Yeah. Like life is just too short to yeah. not enjoy the journey, and so I'd encourage people to to laugh together, uh, find things to do to enjoy one another. Yes, I will let you read between the lines on what I mean by that, uh, but you gotta keep the marriage healthy. So, um, before we go, a few quick hits, okay? okay? So these, right. these are just different statements, different thoughts that I know, different times we've uh, spoken on marriage, preached at marriage things. Yeah. Uh, these have come up, okay. Uh, never go to bed mad.
1: Yeah, so huge, right? Well, actually, it's from scripture. There's a verse that says, "Don't let the sun go down on your anger." Oh, However, it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. Yeah. But when we were engaged, we talked to my grandparents who had yes. been married for decades. Grandpa
0: and Grandma Bents. Yep,
1: yeah. sweetest yes. couple. Still so in love.
0: Still, like honestly, I my heart melted meeting them. Yeah. Because they're in their eighties. Yeah. Like. And just deeply in love. Amber's grandfather was a World War II prisoner of war survivor. Yeah. Actually got shot through his helmet. Still had the scar on the top of his head. Yeah. From a bullet wound. Yeah. And uh, amazing, amazing godly couple. Yeah. And I remember we were over at their house in Yakima. Yeah. For Dutch baby. Yeah. Your grandmother made Dutch baby yeah. for us. And uh we were asking them about marriage advice. yeah, And they looked at us and they said.
1: Never go to bed angry.
0: Never go to bed angry. So there's a quick tip, don't go to bed mad. That might mean some late nights, yeah, but it's worth it to stay up and work through it. Uh, Two, get around marriages that you wanna learn from.
1: Yes, this is so big. So when we were engaged, we met with multiple couples, people who are much further down the road than us. Some maybe a decade, some, maybe two or three decades, but just ask them to pour into us and speak into us. And that made a big difference.
0: Yeah. We saw things in them that we actually wanted to learn, not just what do you do, but how did you get there? Yeah. And so I think the more that you can keep this, even as a rhythm, as a practice, I know you and I will talk about like, hey, we should get together with so-and-so because they just seem like they have so much joy in their lives or you know, different characteristics that we want sharpened in yeah. our own marriage. So, okay. A uh, quick hit. Here we go. Um, you don't always have to be right even when you are. Okay. So let me speak to this one. I had just proposed to Amber. I was a young youth pastor. I was going on a hospital visit with my senior pastor and we were visiting a man who had been in ministry for a long time. His name was Herman Rody, brother Rody. And I walked in and Pastor Steve said to Brother Rody, hey, Pastor Tyler just got engaged. Do you have any advice for him? And he did not even wait. He looked at me, he pointed his finger and he said, you don't always have to be right even when you are. And I think that is the best marriage advice I think I ever received. Yeah. Because here's what I've learned over time. There's, there's moments that I know I can prove that I'm right. No. And if I do that with you, guess what? I still lose. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: it's not, a, it's not a winning strategy, right? So yeah. I think so many couples, they end up not experiencing traction or even health in their marriage because they're so busy fighting about who's right or this right. or that. And Why not just throw your hands up in the air and say, you know what, I could try to win this argument, but even if I win the argument, I'm still gonna lose. Yeah, You're gonna lose out on connection with your spouse, you're going to lose out on intimacy with your spouse, you're going to lose out on laughter with your spouse. And some yeah. people they have, they have their heels dug in so far into the ground and and some couples listening to this, maybe like you've been fighting over something that you can't even remember how it started. Yeah. Like there's just been this low-grade tension for a few years or a few decades and Yeah. I would just encourage you to listen to brother Rody Yeah. You don't always have to be right even when you are. Okay, last but not least, try to out-serve and out-bless one another. Yeah. What does that look like?
1: Yeah, you've been so good at this. So I think waking up in the morning and instead of wanting to be served, just considering what is a small way I can show love to my spouse? Maybe it's your kids as well. It can be just a principle in relationships, but how do we um, wake up with a heart to serve?
0: Yeah, how do we out-serve yeah. Bless.
1: So you often bring me coffee oh. in bed. It's my favorite thing.
0: It's just because I'm a super early morning person. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. 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 But th- that, that principle I think is so true because I know the days that I'm conscious of that thought and I'm like, okay, I'm going to outserve Amber. I'm going out bless her. The crazy thing that happens is you end up feeling like the one that you are getting blessed. Mm-hmm you know and so it's that principle it's it's a i think it's a kingdom principle the more we give right. the more we receive yeah and so pouring into that relationship and out serving and out blessing one another versus me sitting here going well until she serves me i'm going right. to be sitting here yeah um, that's not going to lead to a good place right or if you're just sitting there going man until they bless me you know yeah i'm not i'm not going to do anything to help so um man this has been fun.
1: Yeah. It's been fun it to walk down fun. memory lane with you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I really do appreciate. Um, you know, even even as you opened with authenticity, like I look at our lives and all of these things, it's not like we have them perfect. Like we're still working Absolutely. on every single one yeah. of these areas. Yeah,
1: yeah. it has to be marriage, it has to be a daily marriage, just like choice. our faith.
0: It's a lifelong journey. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. just like salvation. Salvation in a moment of God's grace, we are justified. Yeah. But there's this lifelong journey called sanctification, uh-huh. which I think God uses marriage to actually help in that sanctification process. Tim Keller wrote a book about that. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of it. It's called The Meaning of Marriage, The Meaning of Marriage. And uh, he does a great job drawing that, that analogy out. And for those who are curious, I know over the years um, – both you and I have written blogs yeah. on marriage and marriage thoughts. And so yeah. for those who are listening and maybe you want to read a little bit more on some of the thoughts we've shared over the years, because I think the first thing we did like this was like on our 10 year I think so. anniversary and we yeah. were like 10... Thoughts on 10 years of marriage or something. And then yeah. I was looking through my blog the other day and I was like, oh, there's 14 and there's 15 and there's uh, 18. Yeah. But anyways, for those who are interested in checking those out, you can jump over to either my blog or Amber's blog, either tylersoley.com or your blog is?
1: Liveabundantly.today.
0: Liveabundantly.today. Or it's also ambersoley.com, which redirects to yes. liveabundantly.today. Yes, today. but that's right. Hey, thanks so much for sharing your wisdom.
1: Yeah, let's keep doing it.
0: Yeah, I, I like this. So All right. thanks for joining us today as we talked about 20 years of marriage. Hopefully you experience incredible blessing in your journey, not only with your spouse but your journey with Jesus.